0: You're listening to Midlife State of Mind podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife.
1: Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host, Aaron Beadle. And Belinda Fleming, so happy that you are joining in today. We are talking about the four types of love. So we're going to break it into four different episodes, and the four types are agape, eros, philia, and storge.
0: Which we were calling
1: storge. Thank heavens we checked it out before we um, started recording today. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, quick story, you guys. Belinda and I, you know, we're both yoga teachers, and I can remember... When we went through our teacher training and we were learning, you learn Sanskrit, which is an ancient language. And I took a actual deep dive into Sanskrit for a couple of weekend trainings when I was doing my advanced teacher trainings. And the gentleman that taught the class, he is a Vedic chanter. He is a Sanskrit master. And so when every word that I was saying, I was saying wrong, and Nikolai is his name, and he'd say like, "That's not hapnas." I'm like, "Listen, this is Southern Sanskrit." <laughs>
1: So this is Southern Greek also. Yeah.
0: And we wh- one of the things Melinda and I were talking about is that how interesting it is to us that the English language has one word for love and the Greeks and even other languages have lots of words for love it's kind we, of interesting
1: we are, we are not as descriptive uh in our english language as other languages are in lots of things even sanskrit there are so many words in sanskrit that we don't have an english version of right, right?
0: just an approximation yeah
1: so it's really interesting and then weren't you also saying that the eskimos have num- a, a number of words for snow yeah
0: we have the word snow, and they have words for like hard snow or soft snow or icy snow or this kind of snow. Um, I wonder if they have one for ones that dogs have tinkled in, yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the yellow snow, right? Well, so agapes. Tell me what
1: what does that translate from Greek? So, agape love has been called the highest level of love known to humanity. It is one of the four different ones which we just mentioned, and it can take a lifetime to learn how to agape someone.
0: Typically, I think what most people know it as is it does have that Christian context. It appeared in the New Testament, and I did a little bit of research on it that it actually started, the Greek writers at the time of Plato used forms of that word to denote love for a spouse or your family, or even affection for a particular activity. So it it dates back thousands of years. Yeah. It's also, it's been used in some ancient manuscripts, but it was really quite um, used extensively in the Koina Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: So for me personally, I think of agape love from when I was a child in vacation Bible school and learning the Bible verses and Sunday school and all of those kinds of things. And even when you go to religious ceremonies, weddings, and things, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So as I said earlier, it may take a lifetime to learn how to love this kind of way, right? Yeah, definitely. So agape really boils down to this idea of unconditional love. And it's this universal love for all beings. And it can be hard to do. You know, in yoga, we talk about a meta meditation. Yes. And I love to practice this with my students. And you start out, you and I both know it, and we've done it multiple times. I've done it as a personal meditation and I've done it in group settings as meditation. And it's this idea of wanting loving kindness and that agape love for yourself, for your family, for people that are easy for you to love that you already have a loving relationship with. And then to take that meta blessing to maybe someone who is difficult to love that's still in your life right but the other piece of that is taking it out into the world to people strangers even people that you haven't even come in contact with and just wishing that loving-kindness meta blessing on all people the most difficult one is when we have an estranged relationship or we have a very difficult relationship with someone and it doesn't have to be within your family. It could be at work. It could be a lot of different scenarios, but that's actually where we need to do more of the work of of living that agape love.
0: Because I think what we often think of is if somebody's worthy of love or not, if they're worthy of our love, mm-hmm. because that it's because they're an easy person to love. And especially, I know, just even with your own children, which we're going to talk about the story I love, but, you know, sometimes your kids are easier to love than, or I always say easier to like, I guess. You always love them unconditionally, but there is times that you like them better than others, but you always love them. And that is where the real work comes in, is that somebody that is difficult can you be or that has
1: differing beliefs than you comes from a different part of the world than you that we have so many biases and are just our humanness Mm -hmm. and so the work for agape is this lifelong effort to love people unconditionally
0: And not make it transactional. So we love them even if they don't reciprocate the love, even if they don't quote unquote deserve the love, which is hard, I think. And that is why I think that most people probably will have a hard time even achieving that level of love, don't you think? Because I think we're so hardwired to love based on worthiness.
1: Well, what's interesting is that it is spoken in the Bible over two hundred times, and is oh agape is yeah it, it appears two hundred times in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. That's but interesting. It, it, but it is a Greek word, and it's a it, this is a love of choice, not out of attraction or obligation. So, isn't that interesting? Because obligation might be that it's a family member. So there's mm-hmm. this obligation to love. When we go to the episode where we're going to talk about the eros love, that is romantic. So that's an out of attraction. Mm-hmm. Agape isn't either of those things. Agape is Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. You right. know. So an example is of agape love is what Jesus Christ displayed on the cross for us when he took our place for all of our sins. And when you study the Greek word love, it is supposed to be this agape love is the highest expression of love, purest, selfless, unconditional, and it's so hard to aspire to that.
0: It is. What I typically aspire to is the idea of, and it, it kind of goes hand in hand, is compassion. Mm-hmm. So I try to think sometimes, even if I can't love someone, can I have compassion? And empathy? Yes. And and so then it is a form of love. I think it's a, it's a kind of agape because it's like I'm able to see past the circumstances. And I'm tr- certainly not holding myself up to like the pinnacle of, oh, I just play agape love because they all heard last week's episode where I... <laughs> <laughs> with the girl in the gym but um, if you didn't listen to the episode on don't be a Karen you should but is that basically putting myself maybe in somebody else's shoes and letting myself see from their point of view even if it's different than mine and then recognizing at the end of the day when we talk about we're all basically if we strip away that I'm Aaron, a yoga teacher, a, mother. I'm a student I'm a mother, we're all essentially if we strip away all of these things that we say that we are, we all are the same if at the end of the day, right? We have a
1: soul. We have
0: a A life force within us that is the same. It's really kind of, if you think about it, and I would, in yoga classes, basically say that if you can just think of that person as a soul and not as, you know, a homeless person or as a CEO of a company, you know, at the end of the day if you strip all of that away, it's all the same, which is so, it's so wild if you think about it, isn't it?
1: And our humanness really We don't want to be attached to labels and titles. We want to just see each other for the human being that we are. Right. The humanity. The humanity of it. This universal love. And we want to try to live our life with love and peace and patience and harmony. All the things that we aspire to be and we want to raise our children to be those things.
0: Well that's what I think at the end of the day most people, and I mean I'm sure there's outliers, is that what we want is to be safe, to have our needs met, so that if we have children or or just families, and so everyone just basically has the same desires in life, which is to live a peaceful life. And be loved. Yeah, love and be loved. Well, I think that agape very much is about, it's the crux of what we are put on earth for, is that connection, when you can connect with somebody, you can love them, don't you think? Mm, absolutely. You can look past all of that other layers or labels. It's a big undertaking to try to practice that type of love on a, on a daily basis, don't you think? When do you find the hardest about that idea of agape love? So you and I both, when we talk about that meta meditation, which is sending loving kindness first to ourselves, which is actually I think sometimes the hardest person to love is ourselves. But then when we go on to those close to us that we love that are easy love and then there's the those that are difficult in our life and then the strangers what to you seems more of a challenge to love someone that's difficult that's in your life that you know or is it the idea of loving people that you don't know
1: I think it's more difficult to love the unlikable it's difficult for us to love the unlikable parts of ourselves, and then it's equally difficult to love the unlikable parts of others and so then that's where we we cloud this this feeling of agape is unconditional so what happens is in our human nature we are judgmental we we label things as good or bad and we and put
0: conditions on it yes
1: so i've already ruined the whole premise of what agape is by saying it's hard for me to love the unlikable things so right. so that shows you how this is a lifelong adventure.
0: Oftentimes I think the things that we don't love in other people are the things that maybe we find unlovable are the things that we don't like about ourselves. It's, we talk this about this a lot between you and I in different conversations about the mirror. When someone, it's highlighting the things that bug us the most about people or that we find the most unlovable are like because they are our own little quirks inadequacies. or inadequacies and we're just like, why does that bug me so much? And it's like, wait, I do that.
1: Well, it's because we've talked about before on multiple occasions that when we, when we criticize someone, should we hold the mirror up to ourself first? Because whatever it is we're being critical about that other person is probably something that might, we might be dealing with within our own self. So agape love is, is something for all of us to aspire to, to to have harmony in this world and live a happier, more fulfilling life. And It is ultimately, you know, this ideal, but it is achievable. And there are moments where we aren't going to get it just right, but it doesn't mean we don't quit striving for that. And we talk about undeserving love. Who's to say who's deserving and who's not? That is
0: true definitely want to get it right
1: (laughs) don't you absolutely and I think it's the most important piece that we show up with an open heart and in yoga we talk about the fourth chakra the heart chakra and this Mm -hmm. energy these wheels of energy that are always within us and when there's a blockage there then there's probably deep down within you there's some anger or some sadness or depression or anxiety there's all these things that aren't Allowing us to find the balance of this open flowing of the of the love, and so the heart chakra is really important. It's the bridge to the lower chakras. We're talking about foundational needs, our right. safety, yes. our
0: feeling of safety, and
1: and all the things like our ego that you know are the good part of the ego that that drives you to right. be successful and confident and all of those and things.
0: It sh- and it determines how you show up in the world.
1: Yes, and so. Then, when you take the, the fourth chakra of the heart that's bridging the lower, which we've just discussed, to the higher, this, this idea that we are divine and we are mm-hmm. divine by nature, love is our is we embody it's our birthright it is like we we are born into this world of love we will never not be connected to this embodied love that's within us the divinity that's within us and so we have to clearly have these kind of conversations where we talk about wow why is it hard to love myself at certain times why is it hard for me to love others we we want to operate in space with people that we can share and talk about our deepest feelings where we feel inadequacies, where we desire love, what experiences we've had growing up, maybe experiences we, we have right now in our midlife state. Where are these blockages? Where are some things that are keeping us from having and living out this experience of an agape type of love?
0: Well, I have two little quick little things to mention. I used to get a massage every other week for many years. This was maybe in my early 40s. And my massage therapist at the time, super hippie, crystal, you know, Reiki master, which is you know energy work if you don't know what that is and she'd say I feel like your heart chakra needs to be open so yeah so do you know that she gave me a pink quartz because that's the crystal that goes with the heart chakra so I would wear it in my bra I love
1: it I love it I
0: was like all right I'm gonna open my heart chakra
1: well what's interesting is you did have some heart issues throughout your life and it's a real issue even in midlife like it's something that you're always managing so maybe it was because she was able to read your energy and, and she probably didn't even know your medical history. So it didn't have to be an emotional issue. It could have been something, a physical issue. Yes. Um, but, but when we think of this idea of blockages... Blockages can be emotional, they can be spiritual, yes. they can be...
0: Or physiological.
1: Yes. So there's many, many things that could be a reason for us to have some blockage around the heart itself. Yeah,
0: and that was actually right before I had a bunch of heart issues and ended up with a pacemaker. So she must have been picking up on something. Well, and that is the other thing is that I was going to say, I had then I had a friend who was also a bit woo-woo, like, you know, we are. And, and she told me she could basically... She could open up my heart chakra for me, and I was like, uh uh, I have a boundary, I have a force field up. I'm like, nobody's messing with my energy that I don't, if I don't want them to. Right. But you know, that's one of the things I think that I have found, and maybe other listeners have found that are in midlife. Once there's something very freeing about being in midlife, where you get less concerned. I can remember in my 20s and my 30s, I would want to not show my feelings as much Mm. because I felt very that if I showed my feelings it was a weakness being vulnerable was a weakness instead of a strength instead of almost I think being vulnerable is a superpower honestly Mm -hmm. I mean I don't mean you know that you're a weak person like showing weakness but showing being authentic and so for me It's like some switch got flipped where I'm like, I want to just live wide open with my feelings. I want to wear my heart on my sleeve where I didn't for so many years. I didn't want to do that. And so I think that is one of the blessings that midlife has brought to me.
1: I love that. Do you think that you've always had an easy time showing emotions? No, I think I've been very protective of my emotions also. My parents divorced when I was 13 years old and I remember crying my heart out and very very sad. And I remember many years after that, you know, I would cry sometimes to my dad. I'll I'll probably cry right now. I remember, you know, just really missing my dad and wishing that my family could be together. Yeah, and it was really hard. And I love really deeply and really passionately and I don't get over a loss like that. And, you know, in my own relationships, I love very fiercely and deeply. And even if, you know, someone does something to me that's hurtful, I tend to forgive easily and I really try to to patch things up. And so I, I find that in my own circle of intimate relationships that I am more forgiving and loving in those kind of relationships because i know as a child you know to watch my parents divorce and the loss that i experienced i didn't want to go through that again and but agape love doesn't come to us naturally it, it doesn't it's something we have to say we have
0: to strive for yeah, i think this
1: is this is the right way to love and live in this world and it's how i want to operate and I do believe that I do show more emotion now than I've ever have in my life and I try to forgive and I try to learn from my mistakes and and I really I really do want peace and harmony and love like Mm -hmm. that I'm not just saying that like I really want that in my life and I want everyone to have it in their life and you know it's it's not easy yeah well agape y'all we can end with we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters and there's a lot of people in this world there's a lot of sadness and there's a lot of bad things but there's a lot of good things yes and there's a lot of people that will love you unconditionally and will stand up and be there for us you know that's the beauty of this life that we live we only get this one life yes and it is our privilege Yes, It is our privilege to show up with the agape love as often as we can.
0: Yeah, it moves me especially as we end to think about if you've ever, when you say that there's lots of sadness in the world, there's lots of great things, is that when you see someone who has given their life to save someone else, Mm -hmm. that is, you know, the definition. Like somebody's drowning and somebody gets in and tries to save them or whatever it is and that somebody lays down their life for their fellow man and I mean not
1: we're not saying you have to do that to show somebody love, love. but it's just
0: sometimes it's those
1: acts of heroin is yeah, heroism and, and yeah and that and you're just
0: wow could I really do that at the end of the day you know could I put myself in harm's way for another person for another human it's
1: powerful universal love for humanity it's very very powerful yeah. and I think we'll just leave everybody with that thought thanks for listening don't forget to follow us on, on the social midlife state of mind
0: podcast We love you all and we appreciate every listen, every review, and we can't
1: wait to see you until next week. All right. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye.
0: Hey, Erin here. Just wanted to give a little bit more information about the meta meditation that Belinda and I referenced several times in the episode. Meta meditation is often translated as the meditation of loving kindness, and it is a practice where we begin by first sending these affirmations to ourselves, then we send them to someone in our life that we love than someone in our life who we find difficult. And last, we send it to all beings everywhere. There are many variations of meta meditation, and you can find one that feels right to you. I will share one that I practice for myself. May I be protected and safe. May I be happy and at ease. May I be healthy and strong. May I care for myself wisely. May I be at peace. Our hope is in sharing this, that you will feel the loving kindness that we send to each one of you who are listening. Thank you.
1: This has been an E-Squared production.